Amen. So God, forgive us. And the greatest part of our story is not what he gave up for us, but what we give up for him. And it's the other way around, because I just said that wrong. <laughs> just, I want you to know that, you know, sometimes you have to forgive me for being imperfect. <laughs> well, Christine Kane, who is a preacher and author in the States, uh, you would know, some of her, you would know her well. She's written, written many wonderful books. She said that trusting God takes intentionality and perpetual, repeated choosing. It isn't passive, but it's active. That is probably one of the greatest ways to summarize what Brian spoke to last week as he directed our thoughts in the Lord's Prayer to the words, give us this day our daily bread. I'll say it again. Trusting God takes intentionality and perpetual, repeated choosing. It isn't passive, but active. Trusting God intentionally every day for all our needs is exactly the kind of relationship our Father desires that we have with Him. Because it does take perpetual choosing. It does take leaning daily into our relationship with God. And the more that I'm looking at the Lord's Prayer, the more that I'm studying the Lord's Prayer through these weeks, the more I'm reminded of the need for daily acknowledgement of him as my Lord, as my Heavenly Father for my life. I want us to take a moment and just read the Lord's Prayer. It's going to be on the screen for you. And if you get a word, if you can't read the screen, and you know it from memory, and if you get a word wrong, it doesn't matter. It's the intentionality of our hearts, because we all have maybe a little bit of a different version of the Lord's Prayer. I may get it wrong, just saying. Our Father, who art in heaven, sing it with, say it with me, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, this morning, we move into another extremely important part of this Lord's Prayer, which says, forgive us our debts or our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And it's no coincidence, but I think it's rather intentional that following the prayer of dependency upon God for our daily bread is our great need for the work of forgiveness in our lives as those who receive that forgiveness and those who offer it. And this part of our prayer could actually be described as the prayer of cleansing, cleaning up and removing whatever is blocking us from the beauty of relationships, of the relationship that we can have with our Heavenly Father, of the relationships that we can have with those that He has allowed us to do life with. So just to paint a little bit of a visual, and I think I've probably told this story in another context before, but I can tell it. Uh, just to give you a visual of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sometimes there are things in our lives that block our relationship with God. So 
My husband, Brian, loves to vacuum our house. He begs me every week. <laughs> I want to vacuum. Come on. <laughs> so I, you know, unwillingly relinquished that responsibility to him. He was vacuuming a little while ago and accidentally sucked up something that had fallen on the floor in our basement. And you guessed that, shortly after that, our vacuum became basically useless. Uh, it had to be taken apart, and we discovered a little piece of a porcelain game of tic-tac-toe. Yes, I have a porcelain game of tic-tac-toe. It's very cute. Um, and it had gotten sucked up into the vacuum. And we got it out, and of course the vacuum began to work perfectly again. But that kind of got me thinking about how our walk with God is kind of like that. Sometimes, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, because this was just a little thing, but anything that can get, it can get tangled up or caught inside of us, and it can block our spiritual progress with our Lord. It can sometimes stop it even. And whatever is blocking our progress needs to be removed in order for us to keep growing. And sometimes that is unforgiveness in our lives. So <clears throat> when we pray, forgive us our sins, at the first part of that phrase, I don't believe Jesus was referring to the moment when we first acknowledged him as our Savior, as the leader of our lives, where we humbled ourselves before him and sought forgiveness for all of our sin, sins for the past, the present, and the future. But I think this part of the prayer, forgive us our sins, is a reminder of the fact that when we mess up, when we make mistakes in our lives, when we hurt other people or even hurt ourselves by the things that we sometimes do or say or think, it requires a fresh dose of the forgiveness of God. And while it's not a condition to our salvation, and this is on the screen because it's important, it is most certainly a criteria for our spiritual growth and development. Because none of us are faultless, and unconfessed sin breaks down an intimate relationship with our perfect, holy Father. It can break down our communication with him. And so we need to come to him on a daily basis, acknowledging, acknowledging him, acknowledging the mistakes that we may have made because we all blow it. And we don't measure up, sometimes even to our own standards, much less God's standard of perfection. I'm fully convinced that when we intentionally embrace the simple phrase, genuinely asking the Father to forgive our sins, it opens the door to a living a life of freedom with a clear conscience. I don't know if you paid a lot of attention to the beginning video before I started to speak. It's an incredible, um, for me, video that reminds us of why we need to ask our Heavenly Father, our Holy Father, to forgive us our sins. I'll just repeat some of it because it's such an important thing to remember. God forgive us for loving things we should hate and hating things we should love. God forgive us for speaking when we should stay silent and staying silent when we should speak. God forgive us for closing our eyes to injustice 
and opening them to impurity. God, forgive us for putting you in second place and giving you second best and second guessing your promises to us. So here we stand, guilty, exposed, crying out for mercy. God, forgive us. And because of you, and this is on the screen, we have a new king, a new heart, and a new life. A new status, a new power, and a new purpose. A new home, a new family, and a new future. The greatest part of our story, I'm going to get it right this time, is not what we gave up for you, but what you gave up for us. So God, forgive us. Paul said it like this in Hebrews. He said, let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith because we have been made free from a guilty conscience and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold firmly to the hope that we have confessed because we can trust God to do what he promised. Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and good deeds. And I didn't add this part, but actually another few phrases on it says, let us continue meeting together and spur one another on as some are in the habit of doing. And I want to say this morning, it's great to see such a great group of people. We can see people coming back um, to the family to worship on Sundays, and we're so thankful to that. And I know that we all need that to be um, just a corporate body together as much as we value the live stream. So God, forgive us. Forgive us our sins. Then we get to this next phrase, which actually, when we come to the second part of the phrase, it is disqualified if we do not live out the first part, or rather the second part. It is disqualified if we do not live this out. If we don't do what Jesus says, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. That second part is on us. But it can be hard. Forgiving those who sin against us. Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not a moment. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not even for the person who's hurt us. Forgiveness is hard. More than that, sometimes forgiveness hurts. And there's a very real grief that comes when you realize that to forgive means you will not be getting even. That things might not ever be fair. But Jesus said, if we don't forgive, he will not forgive us. I read some John Piper material sometimes. I actually like a lot of his material. He's a, a theologian, uh, pastor, author. He said on this topic of forgiveness, if the forgiveness that we received at the cost of the blood of the Son of God is so ineffective in our hearts that we are bent on holding unforgiving grudges and bitterness against someone, he said we're not saved. We don't cherish this forgiveness enough. We don't trust in this forgiveness enough. We don't embrace 
and treasure this forgiveness. And he goes on to say, we're hypocrites. We are just mouthing words. I mean, how in the world could I hold a grudge against somebody when I have not been offended nearly as much as God has been offended so highly that he had to sacrifice the love of his one and only son in order for me to be forgiven, in order for you and I to be forgiven. And after Jesus shared the Lord's Prayer with his disciples in Matthew 6, he said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. This point is made very clear again in Matthew 18, in the parable of the unforgiving servant, where the servant owes the king millions of dollars. And the king forgives him freely. But then this same forgiven servant goes out. And this forgiveness means so little to him that he couldn't forgive a fellow servant who only owed him, in comparison to millions of dollars, maybe $1,000. And had him arrested until he could pay the debt. And of course, when the king hears about this, he sends that forgiven servant to jail also. And Jesus concludes that parable by saying, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. The fact is, oftentimes, struggling to forgive is not what destroys us and breaks down our relationship with God. As long as we are human, as long as we are in the flesh, we will do our good deeds imperfectly including forgiving and loving others. Jesus died to cover those imperfections. But what does destroy us is intentionally deciding that we are not going to forgive and that we have no desire to forgive. And we intend to cherish those grudges and massage that wrong that someone did to us and, and feel that bitterness. And for a time, it feels so good. So good to massage that bitterness that, you know, some people actually go to bed with their anger because they've been wrong. They've been wronged. And there are many who hold a grudge and unforgiveness against someone for the rest of their lives. And I have seen one or two people like that in my lifetime. And they are not happy people generally because there's bitterness and unforgiveness that lives inside and that permeates and that takes over like a bad seed. But, and I'm going to quote John Piper again, he says, if we think, and we think about this being Pentecostal Sunday and, and celebrating the fact that the presence of God in the Holy Spirit comes upon us as we receive him as Lord and Savior, he says, if we think that we can be indwelt by the Spirit of Christ and not make war on that attitude of wanting to hold on to a grudge, we're deluded. He says, we cannot be content to settle in with bitterness and anger and grudges and not fight this thing by faith because of the mercy of God to us in Jesus. Let's embrace the freedom in Christ that we have to let go whatever it is that we need to let go of, acknowledging that it takes some time, oftentimes. 
Paul said in Romans 12, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. Ultimately, God will settle accounts one day, and we don't need to. Forgiveness is a process, and sometimes a very long one. And yes, forgiveness does start with remembering, and there's a time to hold to that, on to that hurt so that you can heal. But eventually, if you don't start to let go, you will find yourself on the outside, frustrated and lonely, drained of a passion for anything and wondering why you can't celebrate anything anymore. Because as I said, the bitterness starts to take over. Living with bitterness is harder than not. Forgiveness is a gift, just as it was a gift to us. And when you get to offer that to someone, it's beautiful because it's divine. God enables us by his spirit as we ask him so that we can forgive. And what Jesus knew is this. Forgiveness will never be as transformative for anyone in the world as much as it will be for you, for the forgiver. Forgiveness will never be as transformative as it will be for the forgiver. If someone has hurt you, especially someone who you think has done it maliciously and has refused to own it, why would you ever allow that person to decide how long you carry that hurt around? This is the last person you should ever give control of your forgiveness to. Remember, forgiveness isn't for the person who hurt you. And here's the hard truth that we sometimes don't want to acknowledge when it comes to our pain. That it has been my choice or your choice to hang on to it and to carry it around. Forgiveness is something that we choose. And just another point on that, that it is just as important that we learn to forgive ourselves as it is anyone else. Because if we get stuck, and sometimes people do, many people do, in the past with our own mistakes, we will also get stuck on someone else's. Forgiveness is not about digging up the past and punishing our own selves for whatever it is we feel we haven't forgiven ourselves for or endlessly wishing that we could have done something differently. It's about learning the lessons but then sending them or packing them away into the past. Forgiving ourselves is an important piece in being able to forgive others. And I, I um, have a file in my computer on forgiveness, and I had this quote, which actually ties in so perfectly with this. It says, because the incredible thing about the Jesus story is that we are not defined, when it comes to thinking about forgiving ourselves, we are not defined by our worst moments. In Christ, we are always forever defined by our next choice. 
I thought that was profound. So that's why scripture tells us, let us throw off anything, everything that hinders. In other words, anything that holds us back, that gets us stuck and blocked and prevents our spiritual progress. And the sin that so easily entangles us, like unforgiveness. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. That's Hebrews 12. So what do we do with that? I think we all need to take, make a practice of sitting with God in a quiet space when we're unhurried, and this is on a regular basis, dare I say daily, and pray the same prayer that David did in Psalm 139. He said in verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. He knows it, but he needs us to say it. He needs us to come forward with whatever it is. And he says, and, and David said, then say, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, God, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Basically, God, turn the spotlight, your spotlight, into my inner self, my soul. Find the stuff that's entangled, that's trapped, that's holding me back. So just two things to, to, to just take that process with yourself, reflecting. First, to review every area of your life. Review every area of your life. Some people, um, there's a, another part of the um, just spiritual disciplines, I guess, um, is a prayer of examine. And, so, and it's suggested that you do that at the end of the day where you actually allow God to examine you, and you, you just ask him, God, is there anything that I've done today to offend you? There's other things to ask, too, in that prayer of examine, but just examining the beautiful things of the day, examining the ways that maybe, God, I've let you down. Like a personal assessment, spiritual assessment, inventory, just alone with God, giving him permission to reveal things, to search our hearts. And if he brings it to mind, it's obviously something that is important enough for you to take responsibility in. And then repent. Repent. Repent means three things. It means taking responsibility for our sin. It means owning it and not blaming anyone else. And it means feeling so badly that by God's grace, I, you, will not do or say that again. And it means turning toward God and his grace and mercy. And that's when we find the freedom to be ourselves the way God intended us to live. Uh, verses that I remember or memorized years ago. I memorized them, Jacob. Last month's discipline. If we claim to be without sin... We're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's a beautiful verse to remember. J.I. Packer, remember I said I found a book on the Lord's Prayer as I was putting some of my books away a couple weeks ago. J.I. Packer said this, The Lord's Prayer 
is the family prayer in which God's adopted children address their father and though their daily failures do not overthrow their justification, things will not be right between them and their father till they have said sorry and asked him to overlook the ways they have let him down. I wouldn't use the word overlook. I would say forgive the ways they have let him down. But dare I correct J.I. Packer? No. But he goes on to say, that is why a daily examination is important to assess the shortcomings of that day. Again, that prayer of examine keeps coming to my mind. Examine. I don't say it properly. The discipline of self-examination, though distasteful to our pride, is necessary because our Holy Father in heaven will not turn a blind eye to his children's failings, as human parents so often do unwisely. But what he knows about our sins, we need to know too, so that we repent and ask forgiveness for whatever has given offense. Kim, I'm just going to ask you to go to the piano. We're going to conclude in a moment. A plugged vacuum cleaner means a dirty house. God does not want us to live with a dirty house without feeling the joy of experiencing true relationship with him and others. So he says on a regular basis, get clean. Connect with the Father. Surrender to his will. Pray for daily bread. Pray for cleansing, desiring to seek and offer forgiveness. Do a spiritual, personal inventory. I am a very flawed person. I sin. Sins of omission, things that I have omitted to do that perhaps I should have done, and sins of commission, things that I have done or said or thought. I mess up. I'm a selfish person. But I try to keep short accounts with God. God wants to bless our lives. I know that from personal experience. God wants to use our lives, every single one of us. He wants to bless us and make us a blessing to other people. And he uses every kind of vessel, even broken ones especially broken ones. But he will not use a dirty vessel. Are you willing to daily pray, God, forgive us as we forgive our trespassers? I'm going to invite the worship team to come. They're going to sing, and you can join they're going to sing this beautiful song that I love. It's old, but that's okay. It's entitled To the River. Some of you will recognize it. Because I think it fits perfectly. As we sing, I want you, maybe even, whether you want to sing or just bow your head, to allow these moments just to be a prayerful reflection and examination. And if you need to, ask God to help you begin the process in offering forgiveness to yourself or to someone else 
or if you need to simply just confess something this morning that you know is blocking your relationship with him in the way that you want to have this intimate relationship. I want you to allow this moment. This is a space where you can just meditate and speak to God how you need to speak to him. But don't just leave it here. Daily, seek the Lord, asking him to clean your vessel, asking him to forgive you, asking you to help him to help you forgive others. And he will bless you in that intentionality and that desire. May God bless us as we sing and pray.